welcome to the Own Your Epic podcast. My name is Jay Dostal, author of the book Own Your Epic, Leadership Lessons in Owning Your Voice and Your Story. In this podcast, I highlight the stories and voices of educators across the country who are making a difference in schools and uncover what makes them exceptional leaders in their field. By sharing the voices and stories of others, we can all learn to appreciate that each of us is the author of our own epic and our experiences are relatable to others, if we are willing to share them. Let's get started on the Own Your Epic process. Welcome to the Own Your Epic podcast. This is Jay Dostal, and I am excited to have uh, my guest here today. Uh, just started working with this guy, and uh, he is an amazing educator, amazing, amazing coach. Um, so much so that my own son is in his class because uh, I trust him that much. So uh, I'm going to let him do the introduction, but why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, uh, who you are, and what you do. All right, yeah. Um, my name is Devonte Britt, and I am a teacher slash coach here at Fayetteville High School. Um, so teaching-wise, I'm in the social studies department, so right now I have U.S. history and I have um, a new class, African American history. Um, and so that's going good and that's fun, um, enjoy that. Um, but also I am a football coach um, and so um, that's fun as well. I coach on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and so, yeah, I've been kind of doing that for a while. So it's good, it's fun. How did you get into teaching and coaching? I mean, what <laughs> what prompted you to get right. into this crazy world called education? Right, it's kind of a, it's kind of a crazy story, but um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of fitting. So um, my whole life, you know, I've loved, I've loved sports um, and I was always good at school um, as well. And so um, you get to high school and, you know, you're playing high school, high school sports, you play football. Um, I played basketball, I ran track, you know, just, you know, classic, you know, young male, you know, high school life or whatever. And so um, I was lucky enough to be recruited to play football by a couple of different schools. Um, and um, so I ended up going to Harding University in Searcy. I don't know how much you know about Harding, you know. Um, you're a Nebraska guy, so probably not that much, you know. <laughs> but um, it's, a, it's a different kind of school. Um, it's a, it's a um, Christian-based private school, um, Church of Christ, you know, that whole deal. And it's, you know, just a great place to be with amazing people. And so um, I go there, I'm playing football, you know, I'm, I'm in school. Um, and my senior year comes around um, and my position coach at the time, um, you know, on the football team, my position coach was retiring at the end of the year. Um, and so my coach came to me, my head coach came to me and was like, hey, Devontae, you know, you've been great for us. You know, I think you show a lot of characteristics to where you can, you know, be a coach and, and things like that and say, would you like to come on, you know, come on to the staff, use this opportunity to, you know, to be a GA, um, you know, and start coaching um, in that way. And so I did that, um, did that for a few years. And so I tried the, um, the college coaching route. Um, then I realized like there's a lot that goes into that. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of, um, it's just different. It's different than high school, um, obviously for a lot of reasons. Um, but, uh, it can be really tough on a family, you know, traveling around and just, you know, you have to be ready to, you know, leave and take a job at any moment, or, you know, you may get fired from a job, you know, have to relocate at any moment. Um, and then also, like, I just felt like with college, 
the the bottom line, you know, when it came to, you know, just win games like that just wasn't, you know, that wasn't enough for me. And so um, I moved back home. I moved to Little Rock and uh, one of my best friends uh, who I actually played with at Harding, you know, for a little bit, he was coaching at a high school um, in Little Rock, Joe T. Robinson. And, and this guy, he's awesome, you know, one of the best people I know. And he's actually now the head football coach at Maumelle. Um, we meet up for lunch one day just to, you know, catch up or whatever. And, you know, he starts telling me on this whole deal of, you know, teaching and coaching in high school, you know, and um, it just kind of took off from there. Um, and so um, I end up getting my, my non-traditional license, you know, going that route. And then I end up going back to school, you know, to get my master's and everything um, in education as well. And, you know, just been doing it since then. So this is year five, next year will be year six. And so it's just kind of, it's kind of been a crazy journey, but definitely, you know, worth it. So I just, uh, you know, from fellow college football player to fellow college football player, <laughs> um, I think that some people may have this, uh, glamorized version of right. what it is because no you see a lot of things on TV. You see mm -hmm. these, uh, Twitter and Instagram announcements about being recruited yes. and that sort of thing. Yes. Did you find that college football was more like a job than anything else? Oh, no question. Like you find that out real quick. Um, and I'll try to advise some of my current players on this all the time as they go and try to play college. Like, you know, in high school, it's a lot of fun. You know, you're a kid, you know, you're doing it, you know, for your school, your town, you know, your community. Like, there's just, you know, guys that you grew up with your whole life, you know. When you get to, when you get to college, you realize real quick that it's a business, you know, um, it's kind of a it's kind of a shark tank like you know everybody's trying to you know work their tail off to be the guy you know and play more you know and do that whole thing and it's just uh, <laughs> it's a lot it's a lot and then they put the schedule in front of you like I'm no kidding the first day that you show up you know they gave us a schedule for the next two weeks and it literally had the whole two weeks planned out in 10 minute increments, you know, so basically all of your day was accounted for, you know, for the first two weeks that you showed up to camp campus and I'm just like, okay, you know, here we go. Yeah, here that was go. a little bit of a culture shock for me as well that, you know, uh, same as you said, in high school, you're doing this because you're having fun, you're getting to hang mm -hmm. around with your friends and then you go through that, uh, and uh, granted, I, I went to a D2 school, so me too, um, it's, not, yeah. it's not like the uh, D1 stuff mm -hmm. where, you're getting yeah. these, these visits and that sort of thing. I mean, for D2, you got to yeah. love playing the game. You got to love it. In order to continue yes. on with it. And yes. I remember showing up and uh, everything was scripted. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, study time is scripted. Yes. Meal times are scripted. Yes. Practices are scripted. I mean, you before, when all is said and done, mm -hmm. you're spending 10, 12 hours a day no on doubt. football and football only. Yes. And then you got your classes on yeah. top of that and it's a full-time job. Yes. And, you know, uh, I redshirted my first same, year. And so uh, after completing it, I, I saw friends of mine that came in and out of the program, mm -hmm. but I stuck it out for five years yes. and it's a grind. It is. It is it a grind. Is a grind At any sure. point in time, did you ever think like, this really isn't for me. I'm not, mm -hmm. uh, I could be hanging out with my friends, having a good time. Yes. What, yes. what, what kept you in it? Right. Absolutely. I, th I think every college athlete goes through, 
um, you know, some of those thoughts. And um, what held it together for me was it's, I was lucky enough to, my two best friends from high school also had scholarships to the same school and we all went together. And so whenever you get that feeling of like, man, you know, I'm out here by myself, um, you know, I'm on my own. It's like, I had those guys that I could go to. They were my roommates, you know? And so man, like, we were actually like best friends, like the three amigos in high school, you know? And um, so they helped me, they helped me get through that. But even still, you know, as you progress through the years, like it's, you know, it's tough, it's yeah. tough. But it's, I, I tell people, it's like, imagine, Everybody has this view of like Division One football and all the glitz and the glamour. You know, when you go play Division Two, it's the game. You know, which the game is still the same, but all the nice, shiny, fancy stuff around that is stripped away, and you just gotta you gotta love playing the game. And so, having my friends there and just having that innate love for the game was probably you know what kept me doing it. Yeah, it's really important. You said that you know you've got your you've got your buddies around you to do it because mm -hmm. I was not an athletically gifted person like you were. I just oh, felt like no. I needed to, I mean, honestly, when I, in, in high school, I was a starting punter, a backup quarterback, a backup center, and a backup defensive end, mm -hmm. but my dad played college football, and I've got cousins who were involved in college football, and I just felt like I had something to prove, and so I decided to walk on. I didn't even get a scholarship, and then I earned the, uh, some money and right. for those people who in D2 you're not getting full ride scholarships no, you're getting no you're getting rare. bits and pieces yes. that maybe pay for your books <laughs> and that sort of thing yeah. but I learned through that process which is going to lead me into my next question about uh, going through the grind sticking to it mm -hmm. and so how does that translate how does it, your experiences with football translate right. into the classroom? Because mm -hmm. I think people have this perceived notion of what school is based on yes. their own individual experience. But mm -hmm. from a teacher perspective, how does that day in, day out grind right. of teaching compare to that day out, day in, day out grind mm -hmm. of football? Right. No, it, it, it translates for sure. And I, I, I mean this when I say I, I truly believe that football is the greatest team sport that there is because of the life lessons and skills that it teaches you. It forces you to learn, you know, whether you're aware of it or not, um, that you're going to need in your everyday life. And so that grind, the the discipline to, you know, have tasks in front of you and stick to it and get it done, you know, to, you know, work for a group, you know, towards a common goal or something bigger than yourself. Um, those things that the game teaches you are so applicable in my life. And so whenever I feel like I'm getting a little overwhelmed as a teacher, you know, I just fall back to that. And my coach used to always, he used to always tell us like, hey, just put blinders on, you know, zone in on what's important, the things that you can control and go do them. And so um, as a teacher, that's hard because you, I mean, you know, you've done it. Um, lesson plans, grading, emails, you know, communicating with parents, you know, try, just all these things that, that come up, you know, throughout the daily life of a teacher. Uh, it's hard and it can get a little bit overwhelming. So the time management aspect of it that you learn in college definitely applies, but it's also just the grit and the discipline to just stay the course and stick with it and, you know, things will turn out great. So you added another variable to this equation this mm -hmm. year too, because you're a new dad. Yes, absolutely. And so now you got now you got a little one yes. at home. You've got yes. football, which yes. here in the South is a big deal, big lot, deal. huge time commitment, mm -hmm. and your teaching responsibilities. Mm -hmm. How do you juggle all of those? How do, I mean, how do you how do you keep things straight? And 
how is that how do you think that that is going mm. to benefit your child growing up seeing right. their father go right. through this process well here's the deal I, i'd be lying if i said that i had it all figured out at this point i mean <laughs> a lot of people have told me that that parenting uh, the first couple months of it, it's just like you're throwing in the deep end, you're swimming, you're just trying to keep your head above the water. I've, I have felt that, you know, for sure. Um, but, um, like I said, you just plan, okay? You um, have situations that pop up that you've thought about before, and you just, you know, follow your route. And so the thing that I love, um, me and my wife, we just have these core values and things that we believe in. And so if there's a situation that pops up that we're not ready for you know we just kind of fall back to those things and it kind of keeps us on track but um this has been the craziest year of my life like it really has like i don't i don't even know if you realize all this but i within the last year i've gotten married got engaged got married became a father um you know we had a, a crazy a crazy football season you know successful you know football season um and then, you know, just coming into these last months, there's also been some other things that happened in my life that just make it all kind of crazy. Um, but it's, you stick to who you are, you know, what you believe in. And when you have that clear vision of who you are as a person, you know, your decisions will most of the time line up with that. And, you know, sometimes you may get off track and you just gotta, you know, reroute yourself and, and stay that course. You, know, you mentioned something there. You didn't say the word, but uh, I, I talk a lot about this with uh, people will ask me, you know, how do you, you're juggling all these different things. How do you, how do you manage to, to keep all those balls in the air? And, you know, I typically go back to the whole issue of compartmentalization. Yes. And, yes. you know, I've got things going on in my personal life mm -hmm. and uh, I've got my work stuff and now I've got a new job that I'm going to mm -hmm. be moving to. And so, mm -hmm. you know, those are three pretty big balls that are, For that sure. are just hanging out there. And, you know, as you said, you put the blinders on and you focus on it, that you have to compartmentalize those yes. things because yeah. if you don't, they're going to leak over into the classroom, yes. onto the football field, yes. into your relationships. And uh, it's, it's, it's easy to say, it's very difficult <laughs> to do. Yeah. And I honestly feel that, you know, your colleagues and your kids, your own personal mm -hmm. kids, but also the kids that we're, we're leading, they can, they're, they're pretty intuitive. They can no, tell when something's sure. wrong. And so how, do, how does that work for you? How do, because I think a lot of people struggle with compartmentalization. How mm -hmm. do you, is, is it just like a force of habit now? Mm -hmm. Or how did you get to that? Did that, did that right. always work for you? No, it, 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 it didn't always work, but um, it's, a, it's a process. It's a growth process. Something that you just learn, you know, along the way. And so one skill, that I, I, I don't even know if I would call it a skill. It may be in some situations a negative attribute of mine, but um, it's very easy for me to just hold in, hold in things, you know. And so um, I, I, I'm able to kind of push my emotions to the side, you know, with a lot of stuff and, and some of my, you know, personal relationships that has, that has hurt me. But when it applies to the job, um, when you take the emotion out of it and you just focus on, you know, those things that the tasks in front of you and things that you need to do, um, it kind of makes it a little bit easier. Um, and so um, now that I'm, you know, 
29 years old and you know been a professional for a while now um, I have some better ways to do that you know I'm a, aware of some of you know my natural tendencies and faults and kind of able to work around those and so I'm going to give a shout out to one of my colleagues one of my one of my best best friends really um, Derek Davis you know him he uh, teaches and coaches here great guy um, but always um, positive always positive, always positive. Just, just the best guy and so um, we teach this leadership class with the um, with the football players you know just try to develop some strong leaders within the football program and and what we tell them is that you just you make out a list you know you figure out you know which things are important to you so we will have them list out the five you know big rocks things that are important to you that you believe in you know who you are who you say you want to be and then uh, you know aside from that we go things that you can control and things that you can't control and so one of the things that I feel like a lot of people in today's society struggle with just because there's so many natural distractions I mean you know your your cell phone is basically set up to be a, a distraction for your way for you to you know take your mind and put it somewhere else and and um, so we list out things that you can't control and what you can't control and if you can't control it then don't worry about it don't spend time thinking about it don't put energy or effort into it you focus on those things that you can control you know and then you'll find out that you know life gets a little bit easier and it's it's, it's easier to stay on task and, and just you know get done what you need to get done so I'm glad you brought that up because um, it is a skill mm -hmm. and uh, adults struggle with that skill mm -hmm. and we're supposed to be modeling this right. for our students <laughs> yes. and uh, you know as teachers in particular teachers coaches I think sometimes people put those in two different uh, buckets but it's they're really not, the same no, thing no it is but sure. modeling that whole notion of working through issues that you can control mm -hmm. versus things that you can't control mm -hmm. and where are you gonna spend your time on this mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot of times where you know, and this is this is where school cultures kind of take a left turn and probably go into right. areas that they shouldn't. But when the majority of people on your team are focusing on issues outside of their control, it goes a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I use the lessons that I learned through athletics growing up. Like you do what yes. you your responsibility is. Yes, yes you're gonna you're worried about the team but you take care of your responsibilities and if you can trust that everybody else is gonna take care of their responsibilities, yes. you have the potential to mm -hmm. do some really cool things. It's when you try to take over the responsibilities yes. of somebody else that things start messing up and that, mm -hmm. I think that's where you see not only school cultures but teams yes. go in the wrong yes. direction when people absolutely. are trying to do too much and step out of their zone. I mean, mm -hmm. do, you, do you feel that way oh, as well? Absolutely and that's something that we try to you know, talk to our kids about all the time and make them um, make them aware of. And so um, I'll tell my players all the time, like, you just got to do your 111th. You know, there's 11 people on the football field for us at one time. Everybody has a job. Everybody has a responsibility. You don't have to do anybody else's job. You know, you just have to be a star in your role. Not even, you just have to do what you're supposed to do in your role. And so 111th, you know, I'll put the fraction up on the board, you know, one out of 11, that's all you got to do. And if you get everybody doing that, then you know the result can be something great and so you can take that and apply it to a school as well i mean you know we're at a big high school and so it may be like you know one two hundredth you know but everybody has their role you know and if we can just own our role and do what we're supposed to do then you know the school can be a highly functioning you know place for everybody totally true 
So I prepped you ahead of time for this. Yeah. So you know this question is going to come. Yeah. But uh, part of the own your epic process, you know, if you think about your life as mm -hmm. this hero's journey, and you're you're the author of it, and mm -hmm. you know, want to make sure that you amplify your voice and your story. But mm -hmm. uh, you're curating and cultivating all of these experiences whether they're good or bad experiences and you've learned from them, mm -hmm. what is that one story that you like to tell others about yourself that really helps shape you into the person that you are today? Right. For me, and this may be true for most people, but for me, it, it goes back to my childhood and how I, how I was raised. And so um, I just feel like I've had to overcome a lot. And so uh, when I explain kind of um, the, the circumstances around my upbringing, um, it kind of makes sense to, you know, why I am who I am and, you know, why I do what I do. And so um, it's crazy, but just stay with me here, okay? Okay, <laughs> so, I got you. Uh, <clears throat> grew up from North Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, mom and dad are both, you know, both in my life um, growing up. And, you know, that was great. That was awesome. But it was definitely not your clear-cut, you know, American dream type family. Um, I have six brothers and sisters. Yeah, six. Uh -huh. A lot of times where I wish that... Where know, do you fall on that, it was less, in that yeah. order? I am the third youngest. Third youngest, okay. okay. So there's, yeah, there's two younger than me and four older than me. And so um, it's crazy growing up. But um, there wasn't ever really a time where all six of us were, you know, in the same house, so like living together as well. You know, it's kind of a little bit of a broken family. Um, and even only one of my brothers and sisters, only one of us, um, me and my brother, that's 11 months older than me, we have the same mom and dad. Everybody else is, you know, half brothers and sisters. And so um, it was crazy. You know, we, we, we struggled a lot growing up. Um, we didn't have much. Um, uh, neither one of my parents, um, went to college. Um, my mom didn't graduate high school. Um, and so there's, you know, some, definitely some challenges with that, but you know, it's, you know, kind of the hand that you're dealt. And so you, you know, kind of adapt to it and, and do the best that you can. Um, and I tell people that, um, you know, none of my brothers and sisters went to college. Um, neither one of my parents did. And so for me being a first generation, um, college student, you know, and then eventual college graduate, and then, you know, to have my master's, like, for me and for my family, that's a big deal, you know. Um, I kind of feel a responsibility to, you know, represent my family in the best way because of the things that I have been able to do. Um, and I love my family, I love my brothers and sisters, and, and you know, they've helped me, you know, a bunch of my life, but, um, you know, there were some circumstances in our life to where it wasn't easy and my life could have easily went another way. You know, um, there was a time, um, you know, when my dad was in jail um, for a little bit and, you know, just the way that we grew up, it could have easily went another way. And some of my brothers and sisters have, you know, went down a neg negative route. You know, I, I talk about this to their, their face all the time, so I have no problem saying it. You know, it's part of my story. Um, and so when I just look at the things that I've done in my life, me being able to kind of block out, you know, the negative things in my life, focus on the things that I'm good at and use that 
you know, to get to where I am with a bunch of help from people along the way, obviously. Um, it just kind of gives me a responsibility to continue to stay on the right track and do the right things because I'm kind of, you know, carrying the flag for my family, you know, um, and just trying to be the best that I can. And so just trying to change my family one generation at a time. That's, you know? a, that's an awesome story, Devontae. Yeah. Um, you know, as you're, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking about how those experiences lend themselves to the your ability to build relationships with mm -hmm. students in the classroom. Yes. Um, you know, my my background, my, my family story is very different from yours. Um, I have three siblings and mm -hmm. I'm the third, I'm the only boy. So I got that first <laughs> child tendency. Yes, yes. Um, but it's, I was, as you were talking, I was trying to make connections between uh, your, your life growing up and my life growing mm -hmm. up and although there are they're on very different trajectories something that really resonated with me were both my parents were teachers mm -hmm. and so when i'm growing up my parents spent the majority of their time focusing on the students in their class right so while i was their child i wasn't mm -hmm. getting the same type of attention yes. that than th that they were given their own students and so because of that i had to you know, develop uh, some level of independence. And I love my parents, I love my sisters, um, but you know, growing up with two teachers, that's, that's a little tough. Yeah. Um, yeah because you sure. always feel like you have to walk this line, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I think it's, uh, I think it's really important for people to understand that even though your backgrounds may be very different mm -hmm. from one another, there's always those little slivers of connection that, yes. that, uh, that can draw you closer to others. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate you sharing that because again, that's the reality of some of our kids mm -hmm. living up, uh, growing up in this school. And um, do you find that you're able to connect with, find those kids and connect with them yes, pretty yes. easy? Absolutely. Um, I feel like my background is unique enough to where I can take almost any kid that I teach, um, any kid that I coach, I can take, you know, their story and find some type of connection, you know, to my life and some type of similarity to where I say like, hey, I've, I've been that, you know, before I was in, you know, a situation, you know, very similar to that before. Um, and just, you know, preach into them, you know, and, and, and tell them like, hey, you know, no matter what's going on in your life, you know, you can overcome your circumstances. You know, you so how'd you do that with my son? <laughs> Look, your son is great. I'm you don't like, have no, to no, no. He he is a thinker. Um, he's a free thinker. Um, oh, he's a free thinker. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have to, you know, like, hey, are you sure? You know, you, like that. You know that that makes sense. You know, that's a good deal. Um, but he's great, man. Like it, kids like your son make it easy because you know you don't have to you know push them or poke them or prod them to you know get the wheel spinning in their head like it's already going for him and he's going to bring it to you you know and then you can just you know start a conversation and he'll listen and he'll soak it in go think about it come back to next class you know talk about it some more it's you know it's just he, he is a joy to have well know. here's here's uh here's a little something for you mm -hmm. this is secondhand compliment and this is how i know that you are making a difference in the lives of others. When my son comes home, and you know high school students, they're mm -hmm. not one to go home and talk to their parents about what, how, how things are going at school, but Mason makes a concerted effort to talk about Mr. Britt 
and the conversations that he has with Mr. Britt in class. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about the affirmations and you need to hear that. And I know right. some people get a little com uncomfortable, but mm -hmm. you need to know that you're making a difference in the lives of kids. And as a parent of one of those kids, mm -hmm. I thank you for that. No. Um, so last question before we, uh, before we wrap up here, because believe it or not, we're at about 27 minutes, which is crazy. Right, but uh, what's in store for you? What's the future like? I mean, where, where's your head at? Do you, do you maybe right. want to look at college coaching again? Or uh, are you really finding your niche here? Because, right. you know, we've had a lot of success here at Fayetteville mm -hmm. High School, and you've been part of that. Mm -hmm. So what's, what's the next step? Um, I am one million percent sure that I'm not going to go back to college coaching. I, I really feel like I've found my niche. And this is, this is what I tell people. Um, I teach four classes, you know, right around 30 kids a class, 25 to 30 somewhere between there. Um, I coach two football teams, a ninth grade team, you know, and the varsity team. And all in all, I get to, you know, interact with about, you know, 300 kids, you know, we're on block schedule, so in a two-day span, about 300 kids. Um, what else could I go do to where I could be able to have a positive influence, be able to positively impact that many young adults, you know, or young young kids, you know, teenagers who need that, you know, um, and that's why I do what I do. And so um, I had a bunch of people along along my journey um, who helped me and influenced me and you know got me to where um, I am today. And you know, just to be able to pay that forward and put it back into these kids, um, I just feel like this is the perfect you know space for me to do that. And so. Um, I love Fayetteville, you know, I plan to be here for a while. Um, high school teaching and coaching is just my thing. Would know. I ever be able to get you up to Nebraska? Probably not. It's too cold. <laughs> Probably not. Too cold. No, I tell people all the time I'll never move north of the Mason-Dixon line. Because gotcha. it's, it's just, you know, the cold weather is not my deal. Like, you know, I don't think you understand, like, when it snows, there's, you know, ice and freezing rain, stuff like that. Even here in Arkansas, I'm like, I tell my wife all the time, we got to move somewhere where it never does. It's like, let's go to Florida. Let's go to California right now. So That's Nebraska would awesome. be a hard sell. So uh, where can people find you on social media? Right, you can find me, um, you know, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, What's your handle on Twitter? My handle on Twitter is Vontae Britton, so I just take my name and shorten it a little bit. Fun fact, most of my friends call me Vontae, not Devontae, I know. It's, it's uh, most of my Little Rock people, you know, gotcha. do that. And so we'll get there, we'll get there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Vontae Britt, V-O-N-T-E. B-R-I-T-T, -T. and so um, you get a little bit of football, you get a little bit of family stuff, you know, retweet some funny stuff every once in a while, you know, but, um, you know, just loving life, doing what I do. That's awesome. Well, man, we're at the, uh, the time for the podcast to be over, but uh, shout out to you for just being an awesome human being. I mean, I've, I've been blessed just to be able to get to work with you on a daily basis, to have my kid in your class. And while I am sad that I'm gonna be leaving Fayetteville High School, uh, I know that you and I will stay connected forever. For I mean, sure. we're, we're on sure. social media and I'll take your call anytime. So no doubt. any, any that. of that stuff comes yeah. up, you let me know. But uh, please make sure that listeners out there, make sure that uh, you give uh, Devonte a follow on Twitter and uh, stick around or come around for the next mm -hmm. episode of the On Your Podcast. Thanks, Vontae. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. To find out more about Own Your Epic, check out my website at ownyourepic.blogspot.com where you can purchase my book or subscribe to all the latest blog and podcast updates. 
Until next time, own your epic and share your voice and your story. It matters and can make a difference in the lives of others.